We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Now let's do that like we're awake. Amen, 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 amen. We're doing something that's going to be good, godly, and fun today. Going to have a good time. We've got seven speakers, three in the 10 o'clock service, 16 minutes apiece. At 15, they're getting a warning. At 16, the mic goes off. All right, we're not going to try to extend the day. But the, th- the same thing is going to happen in the 10 o'clock service. We won't have a 11 o'clock. We won't have a bunch of preliminaries. And so we should move right along that in our service time be about as normal. There's going to be men here that you've never heard. There's going to be some maybe in some aspects of your life you may not agree with something they do. This is not about finding a bunch of perfect men. This is about finding somebody that's got a word today. Amen? Will you help them? Amen. Our first speaker today is Brother Tony Davis, and we want him to come. Let's give him a hand clap. And he's going to do it. Do it, brother. Praise the Lord. You know, I thought about, uh, given the uh, amount of time I have, I thought about whether I wanted to do an introduction or not and spend the time on that. But I got to looking around as I was preparing for this, and I looked at every epistle that the, the apostles writ to, wrote to the church, and every one of them started out with an, inter, an introduction. Uh, you know, the apostle Paul, the disciple of Jesus. Christ, one of the twelve, you know, they always introduced themselves because many times it was the first time they were speaking to that particular audience. So I'm going to go ahead and do that, take a minute to do that. And uh, so what I want to tell you is my name is Tony Davis. Most of you know me as the guitar player on the praise team. What you don't know about me is I'm a 30-year ordained minister, been preaching the gospel for 25-plus years. It's been eight years since I last stood in a pulpit, so I'm really excited, maybe a little nervous. Uh, So... I wanted to borrow a line from Brother T.F. Tenney and thank my brother Rusty for letting a young upstart preacher like myself get behind the pulpit and get my feet wet again. So praise God. What I want to speak to you about this morning is the power of a grateful heart. We're going to Psalms 28 and verse 7. It's going to be our text for this morning. If you want to... Uh, You can go ahead and be seated. I'm going to be covering a lot of text this morning in as little time as I possibly can. The Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and I will sing praise to him. Hallelujah. There's four things I want to point out in this passage of Scripture for you this morning. Number one, there is no defense, there is no strength from the enemy outside of Jesus Christ. Number two, you have to make a conscious choice to trust him. Number three, he always helps. And number four, therefore, I will rejoice and praise him. And I thought it was very, very interesting that the text said it with my song. Not a song, with my song. I want to tell you a little bit about my song. Most of you know the, what I'm going through. 
with the medical issues and all that. But I want to tell you, as I stand here today, through everything that I've been through, through all the chemo treatments, through all the stomach pumps, through everything and all that that entails, I've always trusted him. And that is the one thing that has gotten me through this thing and got me onto this pulpit today is because I know God has a plan and it ain't ready to end yet. So I would say to my enemy what Micah said, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. That is, that is a promise. Hallelujah. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. I've been in some dark, dark places going through all of this. Some times of doubt, some times of, you know, I don't know if this is, is going to work out the way it should. But I chose to trust him. Psalms 118 verses 8 and 9 says, It's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in princes. Look, I have good doctors. UT Southwest is a great place. The doctors and the staff are great. I love them. I really, as much as it might sound, I really think they love me. That's the way they treat me when I go, you know, so, but I'm not as putting my faith totally in them. You know, my last, my last results came back and my CA-19 went way up, which is not a good thing. It's not one you hear when you're dealing with cancer. But you know what? God is good. God is still in control. I'm not concerned about that number. What I'm concerned about is the final outcome. And I don't believe it's time to check out just yet. Hallelujah. The second thing that I wanted to point, or the third thing I wanted to point out is that he always helps. He always helps. Without fail, when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will hear you and he will answer you, provided you've gone to step two and put your trust in him. Amen. Hallelujah. He is a good God. Always a good God, always has been, is now, and always will be. John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, from the Father, will send, I will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring to you all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Now think about what that is saying. Every promise that God has made to you, every promise that you've heard read to you, every promise you've heard preached to you, when you get in your time of darkness, you get in your time of suffering, you get in your time of despair, you get in your time of doubt, there is a promise right there that the Holy Spirit that dwells within you will bring to remembrance all the things that God has promised you. You don't have to sit in darkness. You don't have to sit in despair. You don't have to sit in pain. You don't have to sit in anguish. You don't have to sit in doubt because the Holy Ghost that lives inside you will bring all of these things to remembrance. This is what got me through the hospital stage. This is what got me through the surgery. This is what's going to get me through the chemo, which I'm about to start again. But you remember the last time I stood on this very platform with a chemo pump pumping me full of chemo while I was praising God on that guitar. And that ain't going to change now. Rejoice not over me, O oh my enemy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Therefore I will rejoice, rejoice and praise him with my song. As a member of this praise team, you may notice that, and it drives some of my fellow musicians crazy, but I do a lot of improvision. I do, uh, I'll, I'll put a melodic intro to a song that's not written into the song, you know, but it, I, I try to do it to make it sound good, make it fit. The reason for that is because I want to make that song my song. I don't want to sing God Brandon Lake's song. I want to sing him Tony Davis' song. Now, I don't, I don't really sing in the microphone that much anymore, but every time I pluck a string or slide that pick across that screen or hit a power chord, that is my voice. That is my song that I am praying unto the Lord. I'm not trying to gain any recognition for myself. I'm not trying to... to bring attention to any special talent. I'm trying to give the Lord my song. Every one of us has a song. When I was laying in that hospital and going through all those things, this is kind of a crazy story. I think I might have time to, yeah. So, I, my wife can testify. It's kind of funny, kind of stupid, but there was a time in the hospital where I couldn't sleep a lot. And there was a song that popped into my head. And you're not going to believe me when I tell you what it was. It was Shania Twain's Every Man of Mine. How many know that song? Okay. So this song is repeating in my, and I think the reason why it is because it has this fiddle intro that I really like. I like intros to songs. And it has this like dual fiddle intro. And I think that's the first thing that popped into my mind. But then I begin to realize I know every word of this song. And part of that's because of my daughter. She's a classic country hound, and, and I've probably heard that song a million times, but it's all good. But I could not get that song out of my mind. You know, every man of mine better disagree when I say a better woman or another woman looks better than me. I'm going, why am I singing this in a hospital bed? You know, well, I'm, because the enemy will try every kind of trick in the world to get you distracted and keep you off of the things that matter. And the things that matter is that God is still in control and that I have not lost this fight. This fight ain't nowhere beginning to be over with yet. Hallelujah. And then I'll close with this. Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, he will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love, and he will joy over thee with singing. Not only do we have a song for the Lord, but the Lord has a song over our life. Hallelujah. He's got a song over my life. He's got a song over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is nothing compared to what it's going to be when we get to heaven. When we actually get to hear the voice of God sing over us. When the angels, holy choir, singing about us. See, because the angels don't understand redemption. They, they really don't have a, well, a theological grasp of what it is. They don't. They don't understand it. 
But praise God, they're going to understand it when we get there because there's going to be a party bust out in heaven like nobody's ever seen up there. The Bible says there's going to be 30 minutes of silence in heaven. That's the half hour before I get there, praise God, because when I get there, it's party on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for this opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm good, brother. And left time on the vine. Let's welcome Brother Rodney Fuller. He's going to come preach to us for a little bit. Thank you, Brother Tony. What a good word. All right, so this lets me know next time that I need to go first. (laughs) Can't get better than that. All right, so this morning I, uh, again, don't want to waste a lot of time. Uh, I've I've had a heavy heart this week, and for whatever reason, and it makes, me, uh, it makes me sort of nervous when I get up here or when I've been asked to get up here because I got this message a long time back. And this week, it's been, I've been the object lesson for this message. So it uh, seems like the last few times I've got up to teach, I've, I've been the object lesson for what I was teaching, even though I had received the message quite a while back. But today I'm going to talk to you about what is holding you back. And we're going we're gonna to dip into the scripture a little bit, and we're going to pick up the story of Elijah talking to Elisha and, and bringing him into his ministry. And so, you know, Elijah had gone through some hard times and some self-doubt, and God told him, hey, I need you to go and, uh, and anoint Elisha to be the prophet to take over for you. And so we're going to pick up in 1 Kings 19, verses 19 through 21. So verse 19. So he departed thence, and this is talking about Elijah, And found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him. And took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him. So again, here's Elijah, Elisha. He woke up that morning not knowing that God had a plan for him. He woke up that morning knowing that his day, just like the rest of the days during during the plowing season, were going to be spent looking at the back end of a couple of oxes, (laughs) all right? And so a a lot of times we wake up that same way. We just know nothing special is happening today. Today is just going to be another normal day. But God has a plan, and if we'll listen to God's plan and and take heed to what God is trying to tell us, then we can do great things in our lives. So Elijah, uh, I'm sorry, Elisha was told by Elijah to go back and remember what he had done to him. Now, in, in the King James Version, he says, uh, go back again for what have I done to thee? But language experts in the Hebrew language have said, really, if you look at the, at the structure of that sentence, it's go back but remember what I have done to thee. And what had he done to him? He had put the mantle on him. And the mantle was, the, um, was a symbolic gesture of, hey, I'm passing on what I have to you. I'm passing my power on. I'm passing my gift, 
my blessing, my call to you. And so he put that mantle on him. And all of a sudden, Elisha, who we know because of what he was doing, he was from a big family and he was probably from a pretty wealthy family. I mean, they had 12 yoke of oxen. That's 24 oxen and all the things that, that were with them. And he said, hey, you go tell your mom and dad bye. You go tell your people bye. You stop what you're doing. But remember that you've got the call of God on your life now. All right. So what does Elisha do? He goes and he, you know, we're reading between the lines here. This is uh, probable but not provable. But he took some time with his family and told them, hey, I've got to go. I've got the call of God on my life. I've got to follow what God is telling me to do. I've got to get out of here, guys. And, you know, in all the time that we've read this, we think that that was a sad event in his life. But, no, he slew his yoke of oxen, and he boiled their flesh, and he, he had a festival. He had a party. He fed everybody with those oxen. He has a good time. He's like, hey, I'm celebrating that I am, I am through with this, uh, with this life, and I'm going on to, uh, to do what God wants me to do. But that's not what drew my attention. You know, if, if that was what drew my attention, I got that in a men's conference, and I was just up here repeating what that, what that pastor had said. But what drew my attention to that was back in verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Guys, he burnt the plow. <laughs> he burnt everything. He got rid of the oxen that he was doing. He got rid of the things that would, that would make the oxen useful. He burnt the implements that the oxen were using. He wanted to make sure that there was nothing holding him back. There was nothing tying him to that former life. If you look at today's, if you look at an analogy of today, those oxen were like a John Deere. You know, when, when, when the families had to, had to go plow, they needed that tractor to go plow. And he, he set the tractor on fire in the middle of the field. And he's like, hey, I can't come back to this. And so, really the question that he had to answer is what's holding me back? What is it that's going to tie me back to this lifestyle? Is it going to tie me back to, to my family? What is it that's going to tempt me to turn back from my calling and to, and to come back into this lifestyle where when I know when I wake up in the morning, all I'm going to be doing is looking at the backside of a couple of oxen and all that that entails. What do I do that's going to make it where it's hard for me to come back to this lifestyle? It's almost impossible. I don't know about any of you guys. My dad would probably, uh, I'd, I'd probably have to run pretty fast to get away from him after I burnt the tractor. <laughs> um, but, but he did. And he got rid of anything that was keeping him from following God's plan for his life. So the question is, what's holding you back? What's holding me back? Is it old habits? You know, what, what is it that I got that I need to give up? Now, God's not going to ask you to give up anything. He's going to get that relationship with you. A lot of people de uh, deny their, their, uh, their urge to follow God because, well, I can't do this anymore, and I can't do this anymore, and I can't do that. I tell you, I do whatever I want to because God 
gives me the answer to what it is that I should be doing. All right? So is, is it the old habit? Is it old desires? You know, is, is it relationships? What is it about this relationship that's holding me back? What is it about the things that I want that may be holding me back? Am I talking to God? Is God telling me, hey, this is a good thing for you? Or is God putting that check in my heart saying, hey, son, I love you, but that's not what's good for you. I know it feels good. I know you want it. I know that everything, it just seems to be falling into, into place, but that's not what's for you. I've got something for you that's better. I've got a plan for you that's going to that's gonna drive you forward and, and take you to higher places. And this is not in my plan for you. Is it old grudges? You know, sometimes hatred can just hold us back because God is love. And if we have hate in our heart, uh, the Bible tells us that's the same. If we, if we hate our brother, that's the same as if we're a murderer. Okay? So we just don't want to hold grudges. Old relationships, you know, what is it about my old friends? What is it about my old, uh, uh, more than friends, <laughs> whatever that is for you, uh, that, that may be holding me back? And again, I'm not telling anybody, get rid of anything in your life. I'm saying get a relationship with Jesus, and Jesus will tell you whether that's good for you or not. Okay? I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not wise enough. To tell you guys, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. I can tell you, hey, I can't do that <laughs> because God told me not to, uh, and I've got that relationship with him. Another thing that, that would hold some people back is old insecurities. Um, I'm worthless. I'm no good at anything. I've ruined everything in my life. I'm at the lowest point in my life. Uh, I went to an event this week. Didn't really want to go. And uh, I, was, I was feeling just heavy in my spirit. And um, it, it was a party. And I just didn't want to be there. But I had told people that I would be there. And, and my word means a lot to me. So when I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Either that or I'm probably in the hospital. And so I just, I just uh, buckled up my backbone and said, okay, I'm going to this, uh, going to this thing. And I ran into a person there. That's going, that's going through the biggest storm in their life. And they told me, they said, look, I don't have a job. I don't ha I've lost everything. I'm just going to live until I run out of money, and then I'm not going to live. And so I was able to, uh, to put my arms around that person and tell them I loved them and to talk to them and tell them that, that God was the answer to their questions and that God was the answer and so I know why I didn't want to go to that place uh, but I because the devil didn't want me to go but I also know why I had to go because that person needed somebody just to tell them that they're that they're worth something and that they, and that they're good enough and that they will do their things so you know one of the one of the biggest things that the enemy will come to us with is that we're not worth anything. So I'll tell you now, if you've got those feelings, you are worth something. I love you. God loves you. And you have a purpose in life. God has a plan for you. So I'm going to ask you today, will you commit fully to God and move forward? Will you jump in the deep end with both feet? What we don't need is somebody coming in here and saying, well, 
water's a little bit cold. I'm not going to do it. I need it like when you're getting in the Guadalupe River or the Kamal, when the, you know the water is ice cold, and you know really the only way that you can get in is just throw your inner tube in there and jump into it, because if you stick your foot in there, you're not getting in. So I, I need you to just jump in the river, jump in with both feet, commit to God, commit to your lifestyle, and commit to doing good. The rest of the stuff will follow. It, you know, some things may never be important to you. Some things may immediately be important to you. But you have a choice to make. And your choice is, am I going to follow God? Am I going to follow the plan of God for my life and, and uh, move forward with that? And Brother Rusty, I just don't have anything else, sir. I know I left a little bit of time on the clock. You said what you needed to say. Y'all, that's good right there. That's good stuff. Amen. Amen. Our final speaker in this 10 o'clock session is going to be Brother Parker Broadus, one of our own preacher and a teacher, a man of God. Give him a hand clap. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to take about, look, I got 960 seconds. I like to break it down. And, uh, but actually, I got more. Thank you, guys. But uh, I want to be like Brother Tony and give you about a minute synopsis on me. 41 years ago, I found this truth. And uh, it's been a rough and a rocky road ever since. Somebody says, you know, when you get in it and you're going to win it, you know, you got it made. No, that's where the battle begins right there. Because you were swimming with the devil the other direction. Now you're on the right team. He's going to be in your yard every day. Hallelujah. And so um, 41 years ago, I was 26 years old. Came to God. My best friend in high school won me to the Lord. And it's been a mess ever since. Hallelujah. When I say that, you know, if you're in a mess too long, then you'll get a message from it. And if you go through a bunch of tests, then you'll get a testimony. So don't pray to the Lord, I need a testimony, because he's going to bring you some mess. He's going to allow some mess. I'm not saying the Lord brings it. Now, sometimes he'll allow things to happen in your life for that reason. But um, so I came at 26. At 30, I felt the call of my life. I ran just like Jonah for 15 years. So at 45, God, uh, I was ordained at 45 in a different organization, Acts 238. And uh, like Tony, it's been a long time. But I appreciate my pastor and appreciate this church for giving Everybody an opportunity. You know, I've been to a lot of churches, but I've never been to a church that's had 11. That's why we have to grow, folks, <laughs> so that, that that 11 can spread out and, and, and there's more ministry. Listen, there's ministries everywhere. You can create your own ministry. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on. I want to talk to you this morning about your miracle is right under your nose. Your miracle is right under your nose. Mark 11, 23, 24. says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you say, unto, when you, that what's, whosoever says unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in their heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall, the word shall means will. That's, that's, that's forward moving. That's positive. Have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever, it didn't, you can insert what you need to right there. What things soever you desire, when you pray, 
Believe that you have them and you shall have them. You can't get no plainer than that right there. Romans 4.17 says, I have made thee a father of many nations, and before him whom ye believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they are. And that's what we have to do. We've got to call things you don't see. It's not in front of you. You, you can't say, here it is. You just got to say, I believe it's coming. I believe it's going to be here. Just keep remembering here, what, what's below our nose is our mouth. That's the miracle. The miracle's in your mouth. The miracle's what you say and what you believe and what you trust the Lord for. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. And they that love it shall eat, eat thereof. What's that mean? Well, if you talk negative, if you talk death, if you talk uh, that, then that's what you're going to eat. But if you talk life, if you speak into somebody's life, if you give them what they need to live, they're going to live. Hallelujah. It's that simple. <clears throat> this little thing is <clears throat> a powerful but the God chose the most unruly member. Hmm. Hold on there. Chose the most unruly member of our body to operate from. Before you get the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> you know, you, you should be able to speak to your giant, your mountain, your demon, your miracle, your, your hope. You can only speak with authority and power after you've been endued with power from on high. You can talk and everything is frivolous if you don't have the power. You can speak until you're blue in the face, but nothing's going to happen until you get the power. <clears throat> the fan's not going to work until you plug it in, hallelujah, to a source. That source and that power is Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> after the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and fills you, and out of your mouth will be flowing rivers of living water. Yeah. Now that tongue is in control of the master and the creator. So now you can say, like James 4 and 7, resist the devil and he will flee. Giants must obey. Mountains must move. Hallelujah. The, God, the Lord has given us power and authority over all the power of our enemy, Luke 9, 10, 19. Hallelujah. And nothing can hurt you. If we'll just live in the scripture and let the scripture live in us, we can walk free at all times. But I'm talking to you today about the miracle that's right under your nose and what we can do with this piece of material here when God fills us with his spirit. It's no longer us, but it's the God in us. Hallelujah. When Jesus was here, he was God robed in flesh. Hallelujah. He went around doing miracles. It wasn't Jesus, the, cre the, the flesh. It wasn't Jesus the man. It was, G it was almighty God wrapped in flesh doing the miracles. Hallelujah. We can't do nothing. We can speak, but we can't do it. So why reinvent the wheel, right? We just go with what our daddy did. If our daddy spoke it, we're going to speak it. Because if we have his spirit in us, it's not us, it's him. Listen, we're nothing but a conduit. Hallelujah. You know how a conduit and elect. My brother over here knows a conduit, right? Conduits, what they run to house the power, woo, that's going to go into what it is that you want to uh, get fire to, right? And that's what, that's what the Holy Ghost does for us. So you can come in here and come to this altar and be 
and have a repentant spirit, and we want you to do that. Then you can go back there and get baptized in the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. But then the last step, a lot of people don't make that final step. You need the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, it's nothing. You know, it's, you need to sizzle, but you ain't nothing but fizzle until you get the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the God unto salvation. Hallelujah. God continues to show us that right under our nose literally is the place where miracles start. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. But you ask and, and, and uh, you receive not because you ask amiss. That word amiss means not believing. Don't you know in the Bible it says God, Jesus couldn't do no miracles because of unbelief, right? So if you don't believe, there's not even a starting point until you believe. Once you believe, then he can go with you. Hallelujah. You speak that miracle. When I was in a hospital at Baylor, it was the third hospital, and I walked to Halls, and when I got back to my room, they said, your, t- your oxygen's at 83. Whew, that ain't good. I need help. And I did, and I called on God. And today I'm at 90, 98% oxygen. That's right there wherever all of y'all at, right? So I believe that God healed my lungs. What's that brother's name? Mushu or Shushu or something. You know, the one that came here. Anyway, the day he prayed, Muthu, yeah. That ought to be easy. There's three occasions in Matthew 8, 5, and 13. I didn't give you this scripture, sister, but the centurion servant knew Jesus had the authority like he had authority. He could tell a man to do this, to do that, because he was an, a man of authority, and they would do it. He says, you don't have to come. All you need to do is speak. Just speak, and it's done. His faith was so great, that's all God did. And he went back and found out that, uh, you know, his uh, servant had been healed. The Syrophoenician woman, his daughter who was full of demons, hallelujah, realized one thing, that uh, she may have been a Greek and she wasn't a Jew. And they were gathered around eating. God was feeding them the bread of life. And uh, he said, what do I have to do with you, woman? She said, don't even the dogs eat the crumbs of the master's table. She knew there was enough power and enough healing power in the crumbs. If she could just get Jesus to give her the crumbs, that uh, her daughter would be healed. And uh, she had great faith. And so he healed her daughter. But he didn't go. I'm talking, the Bible says uh, we can send the word. We can speak the word. And uh, it shall not come back void, but shall accomplish wherewith what you sent it to do. We have the authority and the power, being full of the Holy Ghost, to do this. The Capernaum official son, you know, he didn't have such great faith. And uh, he, he's one of the, he's from Missouri. He's from the show me state. <laughs> he, he wanted God to show, you know, but ultimately he had enough faith. He just said, said go, your son is healed. And on the way back, he, he got a message that his son had been healed, and he asked what time was it. It says 1 o'clock. And so that's the same time that Jesus spoke his healing. So I'm here to tell you today, as God uses his vessels, uses us as conduits, amen, the power to perform miracles through the spoken word, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just do like your daddy did. 
because he left us the comforter, we now have everything we need to speak a miracle. And I want to I say this and see it come to pass. God said, I believe it. That settles it. I believe it, and that settles it. He said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's good. I got a little formula here. It goes, see it, say it, see it. And uh, see, when you see it, like right now, if I told you something and you couldn't see it, I saw it. I saw it in the spirit. I saw it in a dream. I saw it in a thought. I saw it in a vision. But I saw it. It's mine. I envision you being healed. I saw it. So that's the first step. The next one is you got to say it. In other words, you got to speak what you saw into existence. He said, call those things that are not as though they were and they shall become. Let's stick with the word. The word's pretty easy. We make it thing hard it's not hard folks we just gotta just put it into action that's what it's about but you mix your faith with belief and trust mixed with the power of the spoken word will produce results each and every time you put into action what you saw in the spirit by calling those things that are not as though they were and they shall become so you have to say it and then the timing of God whether instant or like the ten lepers the Bible says as they went God, they were healed as they went. The word was spoken over them. And, and they could have just stayed there and said, well, well you know, I'm going to be here until it's healed. No, it says when they turned around and walked, they were healed. The unfortunate part of that story is only one came back to thank God. I thank God I'm breathing today. I thank God I can stand up here, hallelujah, and tell you, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when we sing a song about breathing, I'm the loudest, hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a loud mouth anyway, but my wife can testify. Hallelujah. But understand, God is sovereign. He has his plans. Like my brother said, he has a plan for us, right? But we have power through the spoken word of God. And uh, miracle is in your mouth. Miracle is in your mouth. Don't doubt. Don't doubt what God has for you. And some of us need a miracle. All of us really need a miracle. Hallelujah. And if you'll really think about it, if you've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're a walking miracle in motion. You're a miracle in motion. Hallelujah. Uh, Thank God for the opportunity, Pastor. And um, uh, until next time, praise the Lord. God bless you. Wow, how do you get three preachers after an introduction to leave four minutes on the bone? How does that happen? Hey, let me just tell you, if you didn't pick it up, there was three very different and very distinct words, born, bred, delivered. Right out of this church body. Amen. We're going to do this again at 11 o'clock. Here's what's awesome. Now, we've got men that have been uh, ordinarily more, more than not in, in the rotation. Of course, myself, 
Brother David, Bishop, a few times here and there. He's kind of getting back to, back to going. Brother Brian, Brother Jarek, that's five. None of us will be speaking today. So this is going to be all new and all good, and it's going to be a good time. And you know what? We're going to take every single word like the person that you respect the most in the world is speaking it. Why? Because it's not the messenger. So far, we've heard 100% truth. I, hadn't, I can't even start to disagree with anything that's been said, and it's all been tremendous. And I'm excited about the next service and the format of it. God bless you. We'll see you here in just a few minutes, and it's going to be a good time. Amen.